Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad, don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells, maybe you're a smoker or someone else was, just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours, I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. 
doesn't love a violent slave revolt? It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it's going to be such a fun day today. Yes, it is, Chris. It's going to be a fun day. See, people worry when you talk about stuff like slavery that they're going to get in trouble. Oh, we're going to get in trouble today. It's going to be awesome. I'll explain why in a moment. We have Maxine Waters. You remember those stupid comments she had yesterday? Yeah, she may have just got Derek Chauvin off. Is his country. We have Israel. Uh-oh. Gearing up to get a little bit kinetic with Iran at the moment. We have somebody at Facebook providing a perfect example of the system in action with his Black Lives Matter stuff. I will go into all of that today. Carol Roth is coming on later to talk about the PRO Act, something you and I need to start paying attention to. They're going to pass it or try to pass it at a federal level. And as always, final hour, we have former Air Force PJ World News with BK host. BK coming up. But let's go talk about the transatlantic slave trade and a slave revolt. And, you know, things like that. Really, really non-controversial topics like that. I got very, very frustrated last night. And I, it frustrates me a great deal. When I, you know, I prepare the history stuff for the show. It takes, it's not going to call it work, it takes a lot of time to make sure I have the story straight. A lot of different time, a lot of reading, a lot of watching, a lot of listening, a lot of to make sure I have the story straight. I'm not a walking freaking history encyclopedia. I have to learn this stuff every day. Now, I have a good base of knowledge of a lot of different things just because I've done it for so long, but I have to learn this stuff. And very few things dishearten me more about the system than actually my history research. When you go digging for the facts and the truth and try to find out what happened in this era or this time in this place or not, it hits you like a ton of bricks if you know what you're looking for, how horribly biased and twisted our history is out there. It is almost impossible to just get the straight scoop on things. You can't get the straight scoop on things. Because slavery, I'm specifically talking about slavery that happened here in America, is such a big part of my story today. And I knew a bit about it, but wanted to always make sure I know more and, and try, to, try to learn a little bit more of it so I can, you know, give more of it to you. Makes the story better, spices things up, makes us all a little smarter. Don't we want that? I decided I was going to tear through everything I could find on the transatlantic slave trade. I wanted to know what took place in Africa. I wanted to know what took place on the journey over here. I want to know what took place when they got here. It is virtually impossible to find anything. Do you know what you'll find? Go look it up. Go look it up today, and here's what you'll find. You'll get one of two things. You'll either get A, it'll be a black person talking about all the reasons this is terrible, and all the reasons this still applies today. 
Or you'll get the white person saying, this is terrible, and I feel terrible about it, and this is why America's terrible because of it, and you'll, 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 you'll open up an article. 90% of all these articles is somebody laying out their political beliefs about it. I just want everyone to know, I think this is really bad, and this is why America's evil, and this is why I'm really sorry about what happened. Or you'll get the air fingers, quote, civil rights person like I talked about. Well, this is what happened, and this is why it still matters today. That's what they focus on. This is why it is. Just give me the history of it. I know slavery is disgusting and wrong and horrible, and we're going to talk about some ugly things. I don't need you to politic for me. Definitely not in my histories. Give me the straight scoop. I want to know what happened. I want to know what happened. And it's not isolated to slavery. I see this, especially with anything that has to do with America. This is, and you can't get an honest, an honest history take on things. So are you ready for an honest one? Here's what happened. Let's rewind quite a bit. 15th to 19th century. That's about the era of the transatlantic slave trade. We're talking in total about 12 million Africans brought to the West. 12 million of them. A small number of those actually made it to the United States of America. The number, they they don't have an exact number on it because a lot of the stuff wasn't tracked. There are estimates all over the place. But of those 12 million, know that you're probably talking 500,000. I saw a number as low as 100,000. I saw a number as high as 1 million. But remember, when I say trafficked from Africa across the Atlantic, they were going all over the Western Hemisphere, all through South America, all through the Caribbean, and then here. The Portuguese were actually the first to do this, if you want to point fingers, if you're into that sort of thing. But the Portuguese were the first to do this, and they were taking them to South America, where obviously the Portuguese colonies were. There's a reason in Brazil their native language is Portuguese and not Spanish. Just how it is. Then other countries like Britain came in and got in on the action. How did it work on a macro level? Here's really how it worked. All things are traded, right? Things are traded across the globe, then and now. And this is how it worked. The countries like Britain would say, and I'm not trying to single out Britain because this is a lot of European countries, but countries like Britain would send goods to Africa, weapons, clothes, booze, because Africa was still a tribal place at the time. Remember, the history of the world is tribal peoples being conquered by more technologically advanced societies. And these tribal peoples were constantly fighting each other. There was always this tribe or this king, and they they had some We've talked about some of their massively powerful kingdoms before, the Zulus and whatnot. But they're constantly fighting each other. When you're constantly fighting somebody, you're constantly looking for the new great weapon system. So... They did have resources in Africa. They would look to places like Britain and say, so, could really use some guns if you don't mind. Maybe send along some t-shirts. Gets cold here at night. Oh, and booze. We like that as well. Because who doesn't like booze? The history of the world is a history of alcohol. So the weapons, booze, clothes, 
would get sent to Africa. Slaves would then, if you want to look at this like a big trade circle, slaves would then be taken from Africa over to the Western Hemisphere, over to the Americas, North America, South America. The Caribbean was huge at this. Then in the Western Hemisphere, and this is, again, hugely important in the Caribbean and America, sugarcane, tobacco, cotton, all absurdly popular things were grown in the Americas and then shipped back up to Europe. So do you have a good idea of the circle yet? If you're looking at a map of the globe, guns, booze, and clothes to Africa, slaves to the West, sugarcane, tobacco, cotton, and other things. I'm simplifying this. And other things back to Europe. And that was the circle. Let's focus for a moment on the sugarcane, tobacco, and cotton. We'll just start with sugarcane, but it really applies to all of them. It is extremely labor-intensive to cultivate sugarcane. So, what happened? Well, they went looking for a solution. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Minnesota in World War III. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. I know what you're going through. And when I say what you're going through, I'm talking to the friends and relatives of people who have someone who dips tobacco. What you're going through is this. You're thinking about the possible health implications of them doing it. You want them to stop. Only when you tell them you want them to stop or tell them it's bad for you, It seems like it's falling on deaf ears. Well, allow me as a former dipper to clue you in on something. They know it's bad for them. They're addicted. They don't know how to quit. It's hard to quit. It's not like you just stop buying it. It's not that easy. So instead of giving them a lecture, give them a solution. Jake's Mint Chew is the solution. Nicotine-free, tobacco-free. It's even sugar-free. Go to jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE, that's J-E-S-S-E, at checkout. Get you 20% off. The Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Do not forget, I will not be here on Friday. BK will be feeling in. I will not be here on Friday. And I can actually see you right now through the radio bursting into tears saying, Jesse, How will I survive without Ask Dr. Jesse Friday? And I would never do that to you. I would never deprive you of me. I know that your one thing in life that is number one priority is obviously me. So this week and this week alone, we're doing Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday. And it's already Tuesday. 
That means email your Ask Dr. Jesse questions to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. And they don't have to just be Ask Dr. Jesse questions. You know, as I've told you a long time, I read all of your emails, every single one of them. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Send them in. They all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them out. I read them all. Moving on. When the West was discovered, when the West was being colonized by Europe, they discovered that, wow, this sugar stuff is kind of yummy. I'd like more of it. Ooh, pass me that pipe and put some tobacco in it. I like this too. Oh, cotton's awfully soft. I want more of that. The West became a gigantic honey hole for Europe. A honey hole, but a labor-intensive honey hole. And here's a reality of life, and it's a harsh reality, but it is the truth. You want to know why slavery is the history of the world? Remember, no matter who you are, someone in your history has been a slave, and someone in your history has owned one. Somewhere along the line. That is the history of the world. You know why that, I mean, it's a horrible part of humanity, right? Who would enslave another human being? Money will make a man do very evil things. To this day, your boss, whoever he is, he pulls out this sheet called a profit loss sheet. And he's looking. He's looking at where he's spending a lot. Guess what the gigantic pockmark on that profit loss sheet every single time is? Labor. Every boss worth his salt is, yes, trying to figure out how to take care of his employees, but also trying to figure out how to reduce his labor costs, which I'm not going to get off on a side note here, but allow me to just say, make sure, kids, I don't care what your parents told you, whether you're 15 with your first job making fries or whether you're 55 later on in life, make dang sure when your boss is staring at that profit loss sheet He doesn't start thinking about you when saying to himself, this guy isn't worth it. Make dang sure. All right, back to my thing. Well, we needed people who could do this labor-intensive work. The Europeans did, I should say. They tried to actually use Indians first. The Indians just kept dying because, remember, the Indians... They weren't immune to all the European diseases. They simply were just dying in waves. And this was looked at as cold as it could be. So they said, where else are we going to find slaves? Africa's got plenty of them. Now, why were they saying that? Because they were already colonizing Africa. And when you're colonizing a place, you're getting to know the place. Slavery was extremely common in Africa. Inter-African slavery was extremely common. It was simply it was simply how things were done. Now, it ran the gamut on how bad it was. Sometimes it's just what you think about, chattel slavery. I mean, just terrible. Sometimes it was more like a hired hand. It lived in your house with you. It just depended on the tribe. Remember, we always talk about Africa as if it's all the same. Africa's made up of a bunch of different countries now, and back then it was made up of a bunch of different tribes with totally different ways of life. No different than our uh, American Indians, no different than peoples today. People were different. Cultures are different. Some were African kings, very, very wealthy, very powerful African kings. 
And they had slaves oftentimes that were taken from war. You would use POWs as slaves. And that's, again, very common throughout history. You would use POWs. You would use criminals as slaves. Oh, you're busted stealing? Guess what? You're his slave now? Or I'll, I'll make you a slave and sell you to someone else? You would use people in debt as slaves. Oh, you owe me too much money? Guess who's working for free now? Well, Europe saw this, started buying some of them from the Africans and shipping them to America. But here's what happened. The Africans who were getting this money for the slaves, the African kings and African merchants, started to realize, um, there's a lot of money in this. There's a lot of money in this. Remember, even today, there's money in slavery. Human trafficking is so big across the border, there are some drug cartels that aren't even moving drugs anymore. They're just moving people. People, if you can get slaves... It's a very profitable thing, evil, but profitable thing. So the Africans then, many of them, stopped just using, oh, we got some POWs, you guys want to buy some? Then they started doing even more warfare to get more POWs just to get more slaves because it was so profitable. Remember, the Roman generals did this all the time. They were famous for it. Why did the generals love to go to war? That sounds miserable. Who wants to go down to Carthage and fight and maybe die? Well, somebody who wants to be an ancient billionaire, that's who. Because as soon as you defeat them, all those slaves are now yours. Gaul, Carthage, all of them, they did it all the time. There's always money in it. Now what happens? It becomes a violent, brutal market where human beings are treated, honestly, they say treated like cattle, This is worse than cattle. One of the ways they would keep an accounting of of the people they brought in, they would cut their ears off. Not as a torture, just as a, oh, I got left, this is a proof of purchase, I got his left ear. Just that kind of thing. They would brand people. And they, they would, when they would get on the ship, and everyone can picture it now, stacking them up like sardines on the ship, they would have the women and children oftentimes on the top deck where they were abused. Not going to go into that. Use your imagination. They would drag the men up to the top deck and force them to dance. Yes, this was obviously sadistic and evil and wrong, but even this had a purpose to it. They were trying to keep them in good shape during the crossing. So when they got to America, a male who appeared strong was going to be worth more than a male who appeared weak. They also didn't want to risk any sickness wiping out what they considered a crop. I mean, it was essentially a crop for them. So they would chuck the sick people overboard and watch the sharks eat them. They estimate 12 to 14% of the slaves died on the journey over here. It was absolutely horrible. Horrible. And remember, they're going all over the West. They're going all over South America. It's humongous in the Caribbean. Places like Haiti and Jamaica and whatnot. It's just huge down there. And... Continental America. Also keep in mind, I brought this up earlier. You like to think about them all the same. African slaves. There were all kinds of different tribes and customs here. They were very docile, farmer-type tribes. There were absolutely warrior-type tribes, really cool ones, like the Ashantis and whatnot, and that will actually come into play today. 
that big, strong guy you kidnapped or captured in war? Oh, he looks like he'll fetch a good price. Yeah, he was busy burying a spear in someone's face a couple weeks ago, and you better be real careful, Jack, because he'll come get you too. And he's about to. Hang on. Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Do you know how this thing works? First of all, I've had a lot of air purifiers. A lot of them. And you know what you're already picturing when you picture an air purifier. The two or three foot tower that sits in the middle of your floor and takes up space. You can hardly hear yourself think as it's like an airplane. That's not an Eden Pure. An Eden Pure is compact. It goes right in the outlet on your wall. You hardly even know the thing's there. But it uses sonic technology that produces super oxygen. It purifies your air the same way nature does after a thunderstorm. Why do you think it smells so good outside after a thunderstorm? Same technology, only in your home. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE, J-E-S-S-E, at checkout for 10 bucks off. The Jesse Kelly Show talking about non-controversial things like slavery today. <laughs> also, we have awesome podcast reviews we will go over later on in the show. If you missed any part of the show, obviously it's not a podcast. It's a nationally syndicated radio show, not to brag or anything like that. It is podcasted after the show, though. So if you miss it, you can listen to it on iHeart. It's on Google. It's on Spotify. And it's on iTunes. On iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Why should you do that? Because it drives the leftists absolutely bonkers. We have a new one-star review. And this is what it says. Your reviewers sound like teenage girls fawning over Jesse's handsomeness. Also, Jesse has fantasized about being able to kill liberals in a hypothetical civil war. Pretty cringe all around. That's why you do it, because it makes your enemies hate you. (laughs) All right, back to our story before we move on. Remember, we have Carol Roth coming up next hour. Going to talk to us about the PRO Act, something you and I better be real worried about. Now, I went over the slave trade with you. Another aspect of it that's going to be important for our story is this. Don't be under the impression... Slaves were sold to a specific place or a specific owner and just stayed there. Sometimes they did. Oftentimes they did not. You stay there for a time and then this other plantation owner next door offers you a price you like for them. You sell them. You have children routinely sold back and forth in this way. 
hey, uh, I want a one. And it's, it's obviously you're talking about human beings. That's not how they looked at it. I want this adult male, uh, this adult female, because I'm looking forward to making them breed. I mean, they talked about people like this. The writings I talked, I read last night are horrible. I'm looking forward to making them breed and uh, throw in three children as a bonus kind of a thing. That's how they discussed it. That's horrible, but it's also it creates an environment where people have these slaves. They have multiple points of view, and they have excellent levels of intelligence of what's going on in the world. When I say intelligence, I mean these are essentially spies at this point in time. Oh, I was in Haiti. My brother was there. Uh, my son, I grew up actually in Jamaica, but then moved to this plantation in Florida. Now I'm over here in this You see what I mean? You end up with an excellent network of information. And when you have people who are being dumped on like that, they band together anyway. What kind of information are we talking about? Well, we'll get to that in just a second. You know the Louisiana Purchase, right? I'm not going to go over the details of that. Thomas Jefferson makes the most popular move in American history and buys the Louisiana Purchase, which was essentially the Western United States of America. It was everything. It was everything. It was so popular, I should mention, they thought about eliminating the opposite political party and just having Jefferson's party. That's how popular the Louisiana Purchase was. And part of that purchase was, I know you're going to find this shocking. Hold on, are you ready for this? Louisiana. Yes, I know, Chris. I know. It's wild. That comes with New Orleans. comes with all of Louisiana, obviously, but it comes with New Orleans. New Orleans is an interesting place. New Orleans had been a place that had been owned by the French forever, and then the Spanish had it. And so to this day, you can see influence of that. You see Cajuns there. Those were people who came from Canada down to New Orleans, Creole. There was a Spanish part of town, a French part of town. It's just a different place. So America had to occupy this place, one, with Americans. Two, we had to... Let the people who were there know, congratulations, you're an American now. How odd is that? How odd is that? What if you woke up tomorrow morning, uh, congratulations, you're Mexican now. Wait, what? Yeah, Mexico bought you. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? Cinco de Mayo's coming up anyway. Let's rock and roll. That's what it was like then. And... This was an area of slavery and plantations, humongous plantations with slaves all over them. And word was starting to get spread around the slaves in this area. What word was that? Actually, this word was getting spread around to slaves around the world because, again, the intelligence network. What word was that? The word was there was this big slavery rebellion in Haiti bunch of slaves who were getting treated like garbage, rose up, hacked a bunch of owners to death. I mean, really terrible stuff, chopping off people's hands with machetes and stuff like that. But they rebelled and took over and created for themselves a black nation that you know of today as Haiti. You think that's going to be an appealing message for people who were brutalized in in, in America at the time? Do you think that's going to be? You bet it is. And word starts to go around, maybe we should try it ourselves. Maybe we should give it a shot. Now, you need to know something about how slavery was structured on the plantation as we get to our, our, our finale of our story here. It was constructed like this. 
you had the plantation owners, the slave owners. And these slave owners, they were not the wealthiest people in the South. They were the wealthiest people in America. Because again, back to that profit loss thing, you didn't have labor costs, not many of them anyway. They had underneath them overseers. Those are almost always white guys. Those are the guys you actually send out into the fields to oversee the slaves, exactly what you think. And then they had slave drivers. Slave drivers were almost always black dudes. And these were the guys who were really in charge of beating the slaves. And, and, and they were, as you can imagine, the most despised people in the world by the slaves, viewed as traitors and whatnot. And don't, don't consider yourself better than that slave driver, remember. Human beings are all human beings. They were always incentivized to be a slave driver. Oh, we have this guy. He, uh, he follows orders. He's big, mean. Everyone's scared of him. Let's make him a slave driver. Let's give him a more comfortable bed to sleep in, better food, maybe a woman. It, it's, it, that's how these things were handled back then. And on one of these plantations, this plantation was no, owned by a man by the name of Manuel Andre. Don't worry about remembering that. It's not going to be important. But Manuel Andre is the owner of this plantation. He, have, he has a slave driver. The guy was actually of mixed race, white and black. He had a, a black mother, white father. Most of those things were not done willingly, I should point out. But he had a white father, black mother. And this slave driver's name was Charles DeLond. He was the guy, like I said, who beat the slaves and whatnot. He's despised by his slaves. But little did the slaves know Charles DeLond hated being a slave driver. He hated the slave owners, and he had a plan. He starts putting this plan into place with all the slaves in this region. They start organizing a massive slave revolt to mirror the one in Haiti. And remember earlier I was talking about all tribes are not the same? We'd be like, oh, African slavery. No, there were different tribes with different cultures. And some of these tribes were warrior cultures. And he's digging these guys up. And we're talking not just, you know, the P, the private first class somewhere. Some of these guys were generals in their army. These were highly intelligent, organized human beings. And they're all getting together all the time. Why are they all getting together all the time? Why would this slave be talking to this slave from this plantation? Well, New Orleans wasn't different back then. It was party central. The owners would get together and bring their slaves along. The slaves, all right, slaves, we're going we're gonna to go get drunk and do white people stuff. Y'all just go over there and do something. Soon. You have an organized intelligence network on your hands. You see where we're going here? It's about to get bloody. And then we'll talk about our borders being overrun. Hang on. Jesse Kelly, on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? 
It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday this week is coming. Get your questions in. We got Carol Roth coming up, about to talk to us about the PRO Act about 40 minutes from now. Back to our story about the largest slave revolt in American history. Chris said to me during the break, he said, well, that's really smart. Go get hammered with all your friends and let all the slaves conspire around you. Well, understand this. Slave revolts, I'm a big fan of them. That's why I've done, you know, I need to do another show on Spartacus at one point in time and the third the third revolt over there in Rome. I need to do an, I'm a big fan of slave revolts because they're not that common. It's not that common for slaves to revolt. Human nature is not that way. It doesn't work that way. Human nature is walking to your chains willingly and accepting them willingly. You can say you don't understand it. Did you see anybody revolt last year when mayors and governors took away people's livelihoods like that just with the, with the stroke of a pen? People will do as they're told. It's human nature. So what happens is these slaves are organizing this revolt. And there are a couple things that bring about the revolt, well, that spark the final one. One of the main things is they had a bunch of troops in Louisiana. They took the troops out of Louisiana and sent them over to go fight the Spanish. It was about Florida. I'm not going to go into the details of that. doesn't matter. And then they had this humongous storm, almost like a tropical storm, that went on for days and days and days in New Orleans. So that kind of calmed everybody down and stuffed all the plantation owners back in their fancy houses. One rainy night, Charles DeLond, the slave driver, had organized everything to get going, and they sneak into the shed and they grab their farming equipment, the equipment they use to harvest sugar cane. Sugar cane, it's essentially a curved machete, 18 inches long. You can look one up if you want to look at it. It's made not only for chopping the sugar cane, it's made to run up and down it to get the leaves off of it. It is a nasty bit of business. Picture this moment, a rainy, stormy night, Manuel Andre. The plantation owner asleep in his bed, his 14-year-old son also asleep in the home, 
and a bunch of slaves with sugarcane knives and axes surround the home and make their way inside. Now, I wish I could know the details of what I'm about to tell you. They end up around Manuel Andre's bed, and he wakes up and fights them off and gets away, which is a stand. I, I, I have no idea how exactly he pulled that off. Somebody screwed something up. They had to, or Manuel Andre was Bruce Lee. I, I have no idea how he pulled this off. His son, his 14-year-old son, not so lucky, hacked to death in his bed that night. Then the revolt is on. This thing is organized and it is spread to other plantations. They are marching now. Their numbers are growing. They end up with about 500 of them. They're, they're swooping in on plantations, killing the plantation owners and doing something else. They're raiding the plantation armories. Everybody had guns back then. And oftentimes, remember, these are the wealthiest guys in the country. Oftentimes, they had lots of them. They're handing out weapons. They're handing out gunpowder. The white people in New Orleans are panicking. Black people in New Orleans are panicking. There were free black people in in Louisiana at the time because there were when we bought the Louisiana Purchase. Some of them not taking it seriously because it's ah, just slaves. Surely nothing's going to happen. Or they're, or they're too uh, weak or dumb to do anything about it. One plantation owner just sat on the porch with his weapon. He had a shotgun in his hands, and the revolt marches up you know, close to him. He starts taking shots at him. He doesn't even leave, just starts taking shots at him from the porch. One of the slaves, remember I told you some of these tribes were warriors. One of the slaves snuck around behind the house, snuck inside, and while this guy was on the front porch taking pot shots, buried an axe in the back of his head, killed him. Now the city of New Orleans is shut down, full-on panic. A man organizes a small 30-man militia to take on the 500-man slave revolt. They take off after these slaves who had bedded down on a plantation they'd taken over for the night. The men charge. I still, I'm blown away. These 30 men just charged 500 slaves. I don't care if they only had axes, most of them, but they charged the 500 slaves on this plantation and find the slaves gone. Now, there's a bit of controversy over what exactly happened here. Why did the slaves pack up and leave? Again, you can't ever get the straight scoop, so I don't know what happened. If you're one of the people. Who looks at it one way, you say the slaves made a humongous tactical error not staying there and fighting these 30 guys because they would have won and then been 30 rifles richer. Another school of thought was these were military leaders from African tribes and they always chose their battlefield depending on what they wanted. Either way, the 30 men storm, the slaves are gone. But the slaves are not out of the woods and this thing's about to end ugly. I will finish and then we'll carry on. Hang on. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, 
your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. The now world famous Jesse Kelly Show. Because Jewish producer Chris made the mistake of printing off my downloads from other countries, and it's absurd that we have such a great listenership in hardcore anti-communist Poland might be the proudest thing uh, for me. That's just awesome. Spain is in the top five now, which is awesome. Don't raise your hands like that, Chris. Spain has amazing appetizers. They call them tapas. And Spanish chicks are smoking, absolutely smoking that accent. Oh, gosh. All right, let's focus on the hard issues, Chris. We have to finish up the largest slave revolt in American history. I'll do that in a moment. And then how Maxine Waters managed to screw absolutely everything up in Minnesota. All that's coming up next. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. No prisons, no walls, no UFC at all. Oh, that was a beautiful chant from Black Lives Matter. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You know, I have to tell you, it kind of had a nice ring to it. I mean, obvious what, Chris? Obviously, it's terrible, but... Play it again, Chris. I think somebody actually took a little time with this one. No prisons, no walls, no yeah, USA at all. Like, they would actually no follow walls, you all the way out. No That's when you got to the river. 
That reminds me. Yes, I'm going to finish up my slave revolt story here in just a moment. Remember, we have Carol Roth coming up in about 20 minutes. It reminds me of, I did this thing one time. You longtime listeners will will remember it. I did this thing where they were having these huge anti-Kavanaugh protests in the Supreme Court. And I got an idea to go as an undercover liberal and attend the protests. And I had one of my buddies come with me to film the whole thing. And the idea of me being undercover is funny to some people, but remember, I'm a six foot eight shadow when I want to be an absolute shadow. We were, we're going to link to the video on the show Twitter because here's what happened. I wore a t-shirt. Remember, remember Kavanaugh had something in his notes about boof, which was a, a, a word for, I think a guy like passing gas or something like that. I forget what it was, but they acted like it was some nefarious term. On the front of my T-shirt, I had a custom-made T-shirt, which I had to go to one of the neighbor ladies to make. And so picture this moment. The wife had to approach the neighbor lady to have her make this shirt. The front of my T-shirt said, keep your hands off my uterus. You can see a picture of this. Don't worry. We're going to link to the video on the show Twitter, at Jesse Kelly Show. The back of the T-shirt said, tell the truth about Boof. And I went to this Kavanaugh protest walking around with a microphone that wasn't attached to anything. It, was just, it wasn't recording anything. It's just a microphone in my back pocket. And people think it's real. When you put a microphone in people's faces, they think it's turned on and real. And I'm interviewing these liberals and whatnot. Look, oh, yeah, I had the glasses. I, of course, put these you know dorky-looking glasses on. And I'm huge. I'm a foot and a half taller than the next closest person there. Either way, either way. That's, you can go watch it on the show Twitter, at Jesse Kelly Show. That was one of the most popular things we've done. But at one point in time, some activists recognized me because I had been posting about it on my social media accounts that I was going to do this. It's not like I was really that undercover. And she comes running up to me. You'll see it in the video. And she's like, do not talk to this clown. But she starts chanting it. She's, she's, she's not sending a message out to people. It's these people with their chants, they've done it for so long. They're so ingrained with commie street activism that no matter what they do in that setting, it comes out like a chant. So instead of saying, hey, don't talk to this guy, it comes out. She, you, you'll see her in the video saying, do not talk to this clown. Do not talk to like they're repetitive. It, it is. It is. Look, it's effective. It's how you get these people wrapped up in these groups and saying stupid things. But I, it all it hit me as she was doing it, as she was pointing out, why are you chanting? What like, chanting? Like trying to get people to join along with her. All right, back to our slave revolt story. This is the German Coast Uprising. In case you want to look it up, fascinating little tale. The slaves had taken off. They had escaped the thirty-man militia that had. Been there. We're still talking, you know, 500 slaves. Some people say 200. Uh, uh, most of what I could read was, said that's low. But so I'm saying 500. I don't know. I don't know. Remember the plantation this started on? Manuel Andre. His son had been hacked to death. They tried to get him, but he escaped. Well, he had taken off and he had raised an 80 man armed force. But these are 80 heavily armed men experienced men with the best weapons, most ammo, all the food in the world. They go down and they square off with these 500 slaves. 
and the slaves simply do not have the organization. Yes, there are some warriors in there, but they just they just got to know each other. They don't have the military discipline. They have some weapons. They don't have near enough. They don't have the ammo. They don't have the food. They promptly get massacred by these 500 men of Manuel Andre. They hunt down these slaves. Remember, that we're talking 500 here. Two to 500, but 500, they slaughter all but 25 of them right then and there. When the slaves break and run, there's not an ounce of mercy. They ride them down and slaughter them. Charles DeLond, he was the slave driver, the one who led the thing, Manuel Andre's slave driver. Manuel Andre decides to take out the anger of his dead son out on Charles DeLond, the leader of the slave revolt. They cut off his arms, and then they cut off his legs. After shooting him in the legs, then they burn him, then they chop his head off. The ones they captured, they promptly put them through a very quick show trial and have them all executed, most of them by decapitation, some of them by burning them alive. They then take 100 heads, 100 heads, and put them on pikes and line the road with them so all the other slaves can see what happened. Why aren't there very many slave revolts? This is very similar to the to the how the Spartacus story ended, where the they, they lined the Appian Way for for I think it was hundred miles. I may have that wrong for a hundred miles with crucified slaves. They just crucified them along the road and left them there. Why do people do this? Why do you why line the roads with the heads? Is it anger? That's part of it. Revenge, of course, part of it. More than anything, it's a message. It's a message not to let it happen again or this is coming for you. Messages are not something that only took place in the past. They're taking place all over the place as we speak. We already have the media in this country trying to track down the information on the jurors in the Derek Chauvin trial. They're already publicly saying things like, we know one of them lives in this particular area. What are we saying to these jurors? If you're one of these jurors, what are we saying to these people? You have Maxine Waters. You remember Maxine Waters? You remember what Maxine Waters had to say yesterday? You remember this? This is a sitting congressman, and this was heard around the world. Remember what she said? What should protesters do? Well, we've we got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they, they know that we need business. Oh, that's a sitting congressman. We have Jacob Frey, that idiot from Minnesota out there yesterday, saying things like, George Floyd died at the hands of the police. Well, we don't know that. That's what's on trial. That's what we're trying to figure out. We don't we don't know that. We don't have this information yet. That's why you have a trial. Why are they doing all this? 
This is all a public messaging intimidation campaign against those jurors to guarantee one outcome in the trial. And I'll be frank with you, I'm not invested one way or another on the outcome of the trial. I'm just not. I want I want a fair trial and I want I want I want justice if it can happen. If he should get acquitted, I hope he's acquitted. If he should be held uh, found guilty, I hope he's found guilty. I'm not invested in this. I am highly invested though in America having a fair trial system. This is not the last of the times that system is going away, and that's a dangerous place to be. I'm not done yet. We're going to talk more about Black Lives Matter in just a second. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, Ryan. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. 
Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.